Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast that delivers cutting-edge food as medicine solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought up by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now welcome, Integrative Dietitians Allie Miller and her co-host Becky Yu. Welcome to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for episode 346, How to Enhance Exercise Recovery. In this episode, we will cover diet, supplement, and lifestyle support to ensure you're getting your best bang for your buck in your workout while also minimizing soreness and helping to prevent injury and burnout. Absolutely. Nothing worse than getting negative feedback after you bust your butt in your workout to say, "Ugh, I'm achy. I don't want to do this again. So today's episode will ensure that you are both getting best recovery as well as optimizing the energy that you're putting into your workout so that it's working best for metabolic health and really whole body health. And we know that when we exercise, especially weight-bearing exercise, that this is one of the best ways to combat aging. So we've heard that phrase that sitting is the new smoking, and we know that movement is really important to maintain muscular and skeletal health. In fact, we've seen sarcopenia or muscle wasting being associated with so many negative outcomes as far as functional disability, falls, healthcare costs with bone fracture, and then even death. We've actually seen mortality as a 1.88, almost two-time fold higher increase with those that have muscle wasting as opposed to those that retain a healthy amount of lean body mass. And this can be somewhat depressing. I've been kind of on this kick for a little bit now. Uh, the fact that women at age 30 onwards start to lose three to 5% of their muscle mass per decade. So we really need to focus on exercise and moving the muscle. If you don't move it, you might lose it. And equally, we need to really ensure that we're getting ample protein intake. Uh, but before we get into things, let's um, get into some updates and kind of where things are at. Yes. So right now when this episode airs, we will have already had our only live event of the year. Um, so I'm anticipating that Wellness in Wimberley was a total success and blast and amazing, amazing outcomes. And I'm sure we'll be posting all about that on social and, you know, giving you guys a wrap up in the newsletter if you didn't make it. Uh, but we're at a reprieve of live events kind of going into, you know, summer season yes. and whatnot, slowing things down in that capacity. Um, what else is going on so, over here? Not much to announce. No, really, I guess not. Updates and things. <laughs> I know that in the fall, we do plan to host a live keto class. Yes. So stay yep. tuned for that. Um, but yes, we're taking kind of June sleepy into the 4th of July weekend as a little bit of a recalibration reset. And then we'll be up and Adam and coming out with all sorts of things to offer you guys as far as live upcoming stuff. But for now, we're just knocking out our weekly podcasts and every other week YouTube releases. So make sure that if you haven't subscribed over there, go on over to Naturally Nourished on YouTube. Uh, we actually made today's episode as a deeper dive off of a YouTube video that we put out and we'll be sure to link in the show notes. Yes. 
All right. Um, Let's just take a quick second to talk about Wild Foods before we get into today's topic. Yes. So Wild Foods is a company that puts quality, sustainability, and health first in all of their products. And I know y'all have heard us talking about them for a couple years now. They're one of our favorite podcast sponsors, and they included themselves in our swag bags at the event. So it's always so fun to see their contributions to our community. But they have everything as far as pantries staples of wellness. So from your coffee to ensure that it's shade grown and mold free to turmeric to medicinal mushrooms. And so many of you have been getting great feedback, have been loving their Cocotropics, which is a wild superfood elixir, literally a delicious blend of wild cacao, reishi, chaga mushroom extract, raw maca to support the pituitary, boost libido, and a little bit of wild turmeric in there. So you're getting anti-inflammatory support, antioxidant, boost and nootropic activity, which is literally getting your brain into high wire without driving into that agitation and anxiety. And if the cacao or chocolate profile is not for you, you may need to check out their wild matcha, which is a super high quality, fine powder made from stone ground green tea leaves. Matcha is going to have 10 times the amount of EGCG, which is what helps to support metabolism and body fat burn, as well as 10 times the amount of L-theanine which is that beautiful amino acid to aid with concentration and focus, also reducing anxiety and that kind of fight or flight surge that we can just get from coffee. Um, So we're really in love with Wild Foods. Um, Definitely be sure to go on over to wildfoods.co. That's .co, not .com. Use Allie Miller at checkout and you're going to get 12% off your order. They believe just like us that real food is required to come from small farms and quality producers and we really believe in their mission Um, we'd love you to go on over to wildfoods.co and use ally miller rd you'll save 12 percent on your order all right let's go ahead and get started so when we're addressing exercise and workout recovery recommendations i think one really key element is ensuring balanced macros um, and particularly I've been really driving the protein train with yes. myself and my clients um, recently and having great outcomes with trying to get my ladies on like 90 plus grams yeah. of protein um, if they are doing any kind of resistance training and oftentimes much higher. Um, so let's talk about how protein and carbs should be considered. Yeah. So you absolutely have to prioritize protein and protein can play a huge role overall throughout the day, especially like you said, if you're looking for body composition change, you need to feed the muscle to ensure that you maintain a good active basal metabolic rate. Um, we think of that as like that investment account versus just a checking account. The exercise that you put in with resistance, if you pair that with protein, you're going to be more thermogenic or you're literally going to burn more calories later throughout the week. So So one huge goal is, especially when you are using your muscles with exercise, you are going to be mobilizing um, with that catabolism. There's a little bit of tissue breakdown when you're using your muscles, and you're going to want to make sure that you don't mobilize those amino acids to be used internally as fuel, but that you actually replete those amino acids to aid in the muscle recovery and repair. This will definitely offset soreness, but it's also going to ensure that you do retain better muscular function and 
and again, then that better basal metabolic rate. So one goal is within an hour from recovery, we want you to always get at least 20 grams of biological protein. And for many people that don't want to eat more frequently than four times a day, like you said, if their goal is 90 grams, they might want to up that to 25 or 30, you know, about a third or a quarter of their daily needs. But research supports a minimum of 20 grams of biological protein. So one great way to do this is with our grass-fed whey. I've been talking to clients about re like making up a um, shake and putting it in like a Yeti so that it stays temperature controlled and they just have to kind of jostle it a little bit. Um, And that stays nice and creamy and cool. And that's something then right from the gym, maybe they change their clothes, take a quick shower, and then they're already sipping on that protein in case they get caught up with another errand or something else to distract them. Um, That's a great way to really get the most biologically available. And when you're looking at grass-fed whey, our non-denatured grass-fed whey is going to be superior because it's going to have that high leucine, which all whey will have, and, and that's what really makes whey superior to other protein powders out there. But then the grass-fed sourcing is going to be a qualitative element where you're getting those conjugated linoleic acids, which also help with insulin sensitivity, and um, we also see metabolic support there. And then the fact that ours is non-denatured, you're going to get active immunoglobulins and antioxidants like glutathione and cysteine. And that's why we use our grass-fed whey even in our 10-day detox. Yes. And we did a whole video actually covering the benefits of our grass-fed whey and why this is no surprise. It's our favorite protein powder. Um, But it's really that amino acid leucine, like you Mm -hmm. said, that is the star of the show when it comes to increasing muscle protein synthesis and getting the best bang for your buck of like actual, you know, muscle growth. Yeah. We see actually that whey can support regulating the production of anabolic endocrine hormones. So these building hormones that would help with your muscle gain, if you will. And we also know that whey can modulate the mTOR pathway. And that's that cell survival pathway that monitors the availability of nutrients, cellular energy, oxygen levels, and it can trigger muscle uh, hypertrophy or that increasing growth in our muscle cells. Yes. Super, super cool stuff. I'll link the um, video in today's show notes. We actually did a whole podcast, didn't we? On I'm Way sure as well. I think yeah, we did. I think that was now like a year, a year ago or so. Wow. But okay, we'll link the research study that showed, um, you know, after exercise, increased skeletal muscle mass, grip strength, and gait speed in women with sarcopenia when taking 20 grams of whey protein. Yes. All right. And then um, timing, like you said, is really important as well. So it's really that like first hour post-workout. Um, and I think that's why the shake is so key, you yes. know, the shake with the way, um, because I think, you know, between getting home from the gym and getting yes. distracted with whatever, um, trying to make yourself a meal, I don't know that you could do all of that within an hour's time. Right. No doubt. Especially if you have to wait for a protein to cook. Sure. Yeah, because yeah. it is important that you're choosing biologically available, yes. which means animal-based protein choices. Um, and essentially, yes, the post-workout focus is to give the body the raw material it needs to repair the damage from the exercise. So again, you're able to gain muscle versus atrophy or lose. Totally. Okay. And then I also want to note that the benefits of protein are not limited to just that post-workout window. We can actually use protein in our pre-workout as a tool as well. 
Yeah. And you know, that would allow for more circulating amino acids right off the bat to support that muscle protein synthesis. Um, one thing that I suggest more as a pre-workout is maybe sipping on bone broth. This is a great way to prime your gut. You can get a good 20 grams of protein in, you know, 12 to 14 ounces of bone broth, and that might sit better in your adrenals as far as like, instead of a cup of coffee sure. right off the bat. Um, because, you know, we'll talk in today's episode, how stress itself, how excuse me, exercise itself as a stressor and how cortisol can interfere with muscle recovery. So you want to be mindful if you're a type A go-getter that pre-workout, you might want to stay caffeine free. Mm -hmm. Um, and sipping on bone broth would be a beautiful thing to consider. If you're doing coffee, um, you might want to add our pure collagen to that morning beverage. Uh, that's going to give you just a different delivery of focus of amino acids. So, you know, we are limited as far as we're not getting every single amino acid in our collagen. We're going to be short of tryptophan. Um, so you could always, you know, you're going to make up for that throughout the day. Maybe you add half of a banana or avocado in your smoothie, no big deal there, but getting that pure collagen at rise will still give you a solid, like you could do 10 or 15 grams of protein there add that to your coffee so it offsets the acidity, protects the gut a little bit. And then you're also getting the support for not just collagen synthesis for skin, hair, nails, but also in the world of how our joints work. Um, we know that with that Veragel element, or excuse me, Fortigel, it's called Verisol when it's looking at the skin and nails and cellulite research, but Fortigel, which is unique to our pure collagen, has been shown really support on cartilage and on joints. And so this would be something that'd be really great to lubricate both the gut and also on your uh, joints um, to get them kind of lubricated before workout. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Um, and so beyond protein, let's cover carbs a little bit and how this fits into the mix. So, you know, we haven't seen a lot of research in terms of like carb loading necessarily. I'm remembering back to like when I ran track and we yes. would have the pasta party, like totally. before the big track meet. Yes. And <laughs> I don't know that that did much yeah. of anything, um, but it is arguable that carbs could help post-workout, yes. especially if we're doing more glycolytic or anaerobic activity. Um, so let's talk about maybe what glycolytic activity actually means and, uh -huh. and how carbs could be utilized. Yes. So we often hear this term glycolytic, and this is essentially when we're doing intensive training where we have gone into our glycogen stores in our muscles. Um, and so the body does store excess glucose in the muscle. And when we're doing an extended intense or we're pulsing exercise, that's anaerobic, we're actually going to go into this glycolytic activity. And so the breakdown of our glucose is actually going to be different than when we're in an aerobic with oxygen state. We can also see as a byproduct, um, more lactate that can be brought into the muscles, which we think of like lactic acid and that like marathon leg, um, or the like tingling sensation, which would be an indicator that we've gone into that, um, glycolytic type of training. And, and this can be something that's more hit like three sets of 10 repetitions of any resistant exercise. Um, this can also be gym circuits, uh, maybe like 45 seconds on each station with 15 seconds of rest, moving on to the next station or sprint repeats where there's 
there's 10 repetitions of 30 second sprints as fast as possible with only a 15 second recovery. So your two to one ratio on that output to rest period. And the idea is that you're literally wringing out that glycogen to actually two to one produce ATP. Um, but there is a little bit of process of stress on the system. Not only do we create that lactic acid as a byproduct, but we burn through that glycogen store. And so we actually can see that adding carbohydrates post-workout, especially if we're getting that kind of tingle in the legs and we're knowing that we're doing that those bursts of energy, um, that that can be a great way to actually restore glycogen levels. Um, and this is recommended to be done in less than four hours from the output or the performance. So we do see in research actually for individuals that are doing high intensive training, which probably is not most of us listeners, but these are like sprinters, et cetera, that they're actually looking for high glycemic index foods over 70, like white rice, potatoes, et cetera. Now, I would say for most of us listening, maybe we're wanting to incorporate just more of a moderate glycemic index food, like roasted sweet potatoes with our eggs and our pasture-raised pork sausage, or maybe adding a whole banana to our protein shake instead of a third of a banana, or having some dates with nut butter as a snack after we've already downed that protein shake prior. Sure. So just kind of adding carbs in the next meal that Mm -hmm. we have, or you said within four hours would be appropriate. And I have a lot of clients who will kind of time their carb cycling more. Maybe they're doing, you know, a, a more intensive workout twice a week. And so they actually end up and they're not looking for significant, you know, weight loss. They're looking for more muscle gain, body yeah. composition change. I'll have them do their carb cycle in that time stamp instead of, you know, tracking with their cycle or instead of just doing it twice a month, they would do it twice a week on those um, instances where they worked out harder. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, protein is essential, absolutely post-workout, likely it's essential pre-workout, especially if you're having a hard time meeting your daily protein goal, because anytime you can put something in your body, protein is key. Hope everyone's hearing that. And then carbs are going to be, you know, dependent on the intensity of your exercise. If you're doing Pilates, yoga, dance, movement like that, you probably don't have to add those carbs back in. Again, these are these spurts of intensive energy. And then we still would think of fat as like the most adjustable level if you or excuse me, um, yeah, level or, or lever, if you will, is what I'm trying to say. And so that would be that dial that we would turn up if we're not looking for weight loss and we need to meet our body's energy needs, or we would dial that down and really focus on more of a protein based intake. If we're looking for body fat burn and we want to go into that deep freezer of our reserves. Totally. Um, and I think we talked about that quite a bit in the, um, exercise versus diet podcast that we did too, of like, not just looking at your MyFitnessPal tracker. I have to eat this much fat. (laughs) We have to eat that much fat to hit whatever macros it is. I think there's some level of intuition there and there's some level of, you know, where um, those trackers can tend to just over project how many calories you actually burned. So yeah. Yep, absolutely. Just food for thought there. Um, And then beyond macros, um, I want to transition into talking about electrolytes um, because these are really a key element of recovery as well. So we're looking at, you know, minerals that can prevent things like muscle cramping or Charlie horses, um, and they can provide a clean source of energy and just kind of a boost, especially if you are doing like a fasted workout. Yes, no doubt. And, um, I also like to call out the role of electrolytes in bowel motility. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've been leaning into, especially as we get into the heat of summer, anytime we sweat, we're losing these important elements. So we're looking at sodium, chloride, calcium, magnesium, phosphate. 
And they all play a role in strength, agility, um, play a role even in cognition when exercising or post-exercise. So if you're feeling brain fog, my first thing is, are you meeting your protein goals? But then the second thing is maybe you need to replete your electrolyte intake. Um, and so this is something to really consider because not only do they play a role with muscle contraction and like you said, preventing those cramps, um, or Charlie horses, but electrolytes even play a role in muscle repair and recovery. Um, so I lean into magnesium as the star of the show, and this is where our relax and regulate would be a really favorable supplement with that magnesium bisglycinate. Um, we've actually seen that magnesium can block calcium uptake and regulate the contraction of muscles, allowing muscles to reach full relaxation. We think of it again, that mag bisglycinate as a neuromuscular relaxer. So tension we hold in the jaw even, or neck and shoulders, we're also going to get that bound tightness or locking in our muscles to deeply release when we bring in that relax and regulate. Um, and we've seen in studies that optimizing magnesium can actually support oxygen consumption or oxygen use for athletic performance. Um, and so that can of course support then cardiovascular health and overall whole body health. So you could make like our electrolyte limeade, um, which we have on our YouTube channel. It's actually our top viewed video now. We'll link that in the show notes. And it's basically like a frothed up um, mocktail, if you will. It has lime and lemon, a little bit of honey, a good amount of Redmond real salt. So we're getting all of that ancient sea salt mineralization, of course, sodium boost there, and then the relax and regulate. Um, and that whips together to be a really lovely on ice sipped beverage. And this could be during workout or post-workout or pre-workout. Um, I have a lot of individuals that are adding this to their kiddos soccer water bottle. Sure. Um, and so that can be a great option. And then also as far as clean products, Redmond Real Salt also makes electrolyte formulas and packets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're Relight. relight. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then um, if you want, um, they have an unflavored one now as well, which is lovely so that there's no um, sweetener in there. And then also you could look at just like Light Show, which is a good uh, liquid formula. That's like what I'll bring to the beach um, or if I'm spending a lot of time out in the sun by the garden, I just kind of squeeze that into my mouth to start the day. Um, but if you're noticing constipation or lethargy, that would be another indicator that you need more electrolytes. Totally. Um, I've been using the Relight like throughout breastfeeding this time around. And oh, I yeah. feel like it's been really, really supportive. I bet. Um, whereas I think I was more spotty with electrolyte use. I just do it like in my first water bottle every single day. Um, and I feel like that gives me a good like boost of energy for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, and breast milk production. So, well, I mean, you're losing so much liquid and yes. that's the next yes. point is beyond electrolytes. As far as a concentrate of minerals, we also need to equally stay hydrated totally. because if you're losing fluid, um, you know, that can play a big role. Also, when we lose water volume, that can drive more injury. Um, we don't get as good of lubrication, if you will, on our muscles and our tendons. And so that impairs their ability to repair themselves. So we want to make sure that especially in the heat or humid weather, we are really hydrated. We want to start our day off with a good, you know, 18 to 24 ounces of fluid. So maybe that's lemon water, um, or maybe that's just uh, room temperature water with a pinch of salt, or maybe you're getting your electrolytes right off the bat there before you would start any other liquids. And then that's when you could add in then that bone broth, or maybe that coffee or tea, be mindful, both coffee and tea can dehydrate. Um, but if using that as a delivery for the collagen and other therapeutics, that could still definitely work. 
Yes. Um, and, and yeah, of note, like if you jump on your scale before and after exercise, you lost a couple pounds. You didn't lose three yeah. pounds of fat. Right. You lost a lot of water. So you yes. need to replenish that for sure. Um, and then we can consider other liquids here too. So that electrolyte limeade, all of the things you just mentioned, um, tart cherry juice could be fabulous too in an infusion. I always think of this more so for like melatonin production yes. at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's actually research that supports drinking tart cherry juice after exercise that can reduce inflammation, muscle damage, and soreness. Mm-hmm. So that would be pretty cool too. I think that was some fresh lime, or that might even be good splashed into our electrolyte limeade. Yeah. Um, I feel like I cherry and lime is a thing. Yes. <laughs> for yes. sure. So that'd be a good thing absolutely to consider. Those, those tannins will give you a good antioxidant boost as well. All right. Um, let's talk creatine because I know this is like super buzzworthy yeah. in the exercise science world. Um, I never personally have used it. I don't know about you, right. but no. um, we're not bodybuilders over here. We've, we've told you guys that, yes. um, but is it worth it? What's the deal? I mean, it actually is one of the most widely studied supplements out there. And, um, research does consistently show that it can help improve muscular strength, especially when combined with resistance training. So again, yes, if like your focus is on muscle gains, muscle development, getting cut, et cetera, definitely creatine could be something that you might want to add into your protocol. And I will state to get the three to five grams a day of creatine, it is quite difficult to do with just food choices. So I pulled up just some numbers here as far as herring actually is the highest concentrate of creatine. Um, and you get 1.5 grams per four ounces of herring, um, at least eight ounces of herring to get three. Yeah. That's a lot of herring and it's pretty pungent and also probably not something you're going to do daily. Maybe like once a week, if you're lucky, you're also not going to bring that to the gym with you. (laughs) Smoked, I I think of, yeah, smoked fish (laughs) in a jar. Um, and then, you know, the rest of our protein, actually, I was surprised to see in the literature that chicken is higher than, I just, for some reason thought like beef would be higher. Mm -hmm, Um, but chicken was the next highest concentration of creatine and this had only 0.8 grams per four ounce serving pork had 0.6 beef had 0.5 and salmon also had 0.5 per four ounce serving and so again even if you're getting an eight ounce serving of wild caught salmon that's still only one gram and so really with just eating chicken pork pork beef salmon you're looking at eating more than 24 ounces of protein which is probably in excess probably quite expensive sure um and so this is where i do think that you know if you are dealing with ongoing intensive training and you're an athlete looking to cut that creatine might be something worth adding into your protein shake in addition to our naturally nourished grass-fed whey. Um, and I will note that Santa Cruz Medicinals, which is another uh, podcast sponsor of ours, has now Santa Cruz Medicinals Paleo, or it might just be called Santa Cruz Paleo. I'm, I'm not sure. I apologize. But they have a secondary website beyond their CBD line. And in there, they have a clean, a clean creatine, um, both in the powder and capsule form. And I just asked Brandon, if y'all can use my Ali Miller RD to save on that. And he said, you can. Okay. Um, and cool. so we'll link that product in the show notes as well. Um, again, super clean, unflavored would go into a protein shake with ease. If that's something that you want to prioritize. Yep. So we can do that like with our electrolytes pre, um, workout and, you know, a lot of these like, um, pre-workout powders that you find out there. I know I used to take something like when I used to run really intensively yeah. and it was like, 
blue raspberry flavored yeah. garbage. Like you really need to watch out for the other, you know, additives that are in some of these. So just doing the straight up creatine, I think is a go. Yeah. Yeah. And then we don't have a lot of, uh, content in today's episode on like some of those vasodilators and those stimulators, but I would just say big picture, be mindful that a lot of you, when you're getting into that world of intensive exercise, that a lot of you are already type a likely adrenal uh, adrenaline junkie or adrenal fatigued individuals. Um, so we need to be mindful about the impact of stimulants. Sure. Um, and try to avoid those and let the exercise activity itself be the stimulus. Right. Right. So like not doing a pre-workout with a bunch of caffeine in it. Or a five-hour energy or any of those things. Yeah. Okay. Um, And then when we're talking um, about supplementation, we also want to hone in on other things that are more kind of multi-functional. And I think it's important to talk about quality micronutrient and antioxidant support because we know, again, exercise is a stressor. It drives oxidative stress and it can drive antioxidant depletion, especially depending on how frequent you're exercising. If you're, you know, running in an urban environment, you're going to see even higher antioxidant depletion. Um, If you're a marathoner, super high antioxidant depletion for sure. And we see this time and time again, and this can deplete some of those really superstar antioxidants that play a role in optimal health, like CoQ10, which can then play a role eventually down the line on arrhythmia. So even though the athlete is doing really good cardiovascular performance, they could still have cardiac insult or injury due to that depleted antioxidant. Um, We actually will link a study in the show notes on ultra endurance exercise. And we saw in this study that there was excessive oxidative stress and this persisted for one calendar month um, post the intensive exercise, um, depending on the various biomarkers that were assessed. Um, So again, we see that there's a prolonged period of reduced protection against these reactive oxygen species or against the processes of oxidative stress when an individual is doing high intensity ultra endurance exercise. And like you said, it's compounded if these athletes are exercising in a polluted city where they're inhaling instead of pure oxygen from trees and they're inhaling, you know, other toxic compounds or forever chemicals or pops um, that are in the environment that would other further stress their respiratory system, deplete oxygenation and drive oxidative stress all at the same time. Yes. Um, so I think a really easy, you know, across the board recommendation is taking a quality multivitamin. Um, and in this instance, I would recommend the multi-defense because that's got, you know, beyond just being the foundational multivitamin, um, it actually has 13 research supported phyto compounds that are yes. going to aid in your antioxidant status and protecting and defending cellular health. Yes, absolutely. So that's what takes that multi-defense to a next level beyond just a multivitamin. And then all of the minerals in multi-defense are going to be chelated, which is going to be the most bioavailable delivery, meaning your body can use them. Um, they're not just passing through your urine. And then the B vitamins in the multi-defense are all going to be methylated. So if you're MTHFR or you have other genetic issues where you need that methylation support, multi-defense has you covered and then added bonus of those 13 different phyto compounds for an antioxidant boost. So you kind of get a two in one for sure. 
And then we also want to think about, you know, increasing antioxidant in the diet. So going to, you know, your colorful produce, obviously, um, incorporating things like berries for a boost of vitamin C, incorporating some citrus. If you're doing that electrolyte limeade, you're getting that lime, Mm -hmm. that nice bright electrolyte support there. Um, Maybe our turmeric uh, lemonade as like a sipper as also you know, with a a nice pinch of salt in there. I think that could work really nicely as a a workout recovery. Um, Just nice, bright color and and super antioxidant rich as well. And that's what I love about the idea of a pre-made and not pre-made, purchased pre-made, but you're making it in the morning before your exercise and then having that protein shake because you can just add so much antioxidant into there. So I always add an inch of ginger, for instance. I'll put in fresh turmeric root or I'll use the wild foods, organic dried turmeric root. Um, sometimes I'll throw in that cocoa tropics. If I want like a cacao with a little, maybe splash of cold brew and banana and nut butter in there. Um, but I think that that's where that smoothie recovery beyond the grass fed way gives us that delivery for such an abundance of antioxidant to kind of stick in there as well. Yes. Awesome. All right. And then, um, we talked about leucine as that key amino acid for muscle, you know, synthesis formation. Um, but we've also seen the necessity of glutamine in the case of like muscle wasting or atrophy or just, you know, long-term somebody's been exercising for a long time. They burn out their glutamine stores. Yes. And this can be exacerbated in individuals that have digestive stress, um, or even are highly emotionally stressed because we know that we've talked about how stress literally drills holes in the gut. So we think of glutamine as that primary amino acid that is the fuel source for your enterocytes or your gut cells. And that's why we have that in our GI lining support as a primary ingredient. We have 3.5 grams of L-glutamine per scoop, um, so that you're able to feed those gut cells and repair that gut tissue. But we also know, yes, that glutamine can aid in muscle recovery. It can ramp up HGH production, which can support further muscle tissue maintenance while decreasing body fat. Um, We know that glutamine can support muscle recovery, post-activity, reduce muscle soreness, and it can aid in that glycogen repletion without maybe having to have the carbs. So if you're someone that's doing tight keto and you're not sure if you need that like carb recovery, you could just do a protein recovery, but incorporate our GI lining support. And what's really lovely is that we've also talked in past episodes about how glutamine can aid with impulse control addictive tendency and sugar cravings. So I think that, like you said, sometimes we have that, like, I was a good girl. What do I get? I want a cookie after my workout or I want a donut or a treat. Um, that could also help behaviorally with mitigating that craving element. Um, but we'll link a research study in the show notes on increased muscle. So excuse me, increased muscle force and decreased muscle soreness with use of glutamine, um, in intake. And, um, also I will call out, we see like rhabdomyolysis, which, um, I've seen with like drummers, um, which are just like, you know, kind of beating at the drums and just tearing up their arms, crossfitters, um, and, and any individuals that are doing really intensive exercise, they might write off that muscle soreness as just what would be expected with their use, but they really might be in a clinical deficiency of glutamine, which obviously could extend as issues beyond just the muscle impact. Totally. Um, And we actually included um, our GI lining support for all of the reasons you just said in our strength and performance bundle. And I think at first glance, people might be like, why is there GI lining in here? But that's 
the reason. And so I'll often have, you know, my higher intensity athletes do that in their post-workout and then have them do another scoop at bed just to get that two scoops daily. Yeah. So that bundle has our naturally nourished grass-fed whey. It has a container of the GI lining support, and then it also has Inflamazine. And that kind of takes us to one of our final recommendations. Inflamazine is our formula, which contains proteolytic enzymes and botanical anti-inflammatory compounds. Um, And we've seen that proteolytic enzymes, um, basically these work on tissue. Um, We look to proteolytic enzymes for tissue buildup like fibroids, but we also look to proteolytic enzymes as like a post-surgical recovery to help with the inflammation and soreness after use or damage to the tissue. And we've seen in many studies that proteolytic enzymes in the world of exercise can reduce muscle soreness, can speed up muscle recovery after an intensive workout. Um, There was a study that looked at a proteolytic enzyme blend, um, including curcumin, and it saw significant reduced post-workout muscle tenderness and pain compared to placebo. Um, So this is one that can actually mitigate that inflammatory process as an anti-inflammatory tool while directly helping with that tenderness in the tissue. So you might, you know, pulse up with that inflammazyme like post, you know, a hard workout or the next morning you're feeling that soreness. Yes. Um, maybe you have a race or a competition or something and you kind of load up on that the couple days afterward. Mm-hmm. So we think of it as essentially keeping the tissue more supple, reducing soreness and supporting quicker recovery. And then when we think of the proteolytic enzymes, we think of trypsin, chemotrypsin, bromelain, um, and we tend to think of tropical fruits as a really good source here. So this is where you might include maybe instead of that banana in your post-workout recovery, maybe you're going to add in some frozen pineapple or papaya or uh, mango to get a little bit more of that tropical enzyme activity for enhanced muscle recovery. Yes. I think a pina colada of sorts could, could work, I think right? that could work. And you could put um, the like pure a, collagen and yeah. the grass-fed whey in there and yeah. full fat coconut milk, a little bit of lime. I think that could be Sounds delicious. Lovely. Yep. All right. Um, we've covered a lot in terms of nutrients, supplements. Let's just round it out with a little bit on lifestyle and kind of other ways to really maximize that exercise recovery, starting with sleep. I think this is a really big one. Yes. Um, we do see that actually professional athletes that sleep 10 hours or more per night have the ability to maintain that high elite performance status. And that just sounds like an absolute luxury, but I guess if your job is muscle recovery and performance, that that's your assignment. (laughs) So, you know, we do see that sleep deprivation on the other hand can actually impair muscle recovery. Um, It can interfere with the body's inflammatory regulation. And so we can see more delayed inflammatory response and we can see suppressed production of hormones like HGH that actually aid in muscle growth. Um, so one thing would be if you hit it hard at the gym, hit it hard at the pillow and make sure that you sleep more to really allow that deep muscle disengagement and that true recovery. And I think having that scoop of relax and regulate yeah. at bed helps to do so for yes, sure. Totally. Um, and then massage, um, again, sounds like a luxury maybe, but also essential if you are a high intensity, um, athlete. So I think 
this would be a fabulous tool to incorporate, you know, for the purpose of reducing that muscle soreness. Yes. And we're even seeing now a lot of tools coming out like, um, you know, the Thera guns and the various sure. brands yeah, yeah. in that vein or fascia massagers or fascia rollers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we do know getting that lactic acid circulating is key for recovery. Um, and so that's something to definitely consider. You could also be on massage, like put the legs up the wall to help to bring that blood flow out of maybe your, um, hamstrings or, um, out of your, uh, maybe, uh, quads and back into that central area for your liver and kidneys to process and get rid of some of that excess, excess lactate, lactic acid, excuse me. Um, but movement is going to be really important and it can be really hard the following day. Sure. If you are achy. Yeah. It's like, you just want to lay and sit still, yeah. but that's when you want to kind of like chop up and shake up the fascia and get in there with like the Theragun to kind of work out that tension. Totally. And do some like gentle movement to kind of counteract as well. Yep. Right. Some yoga, some stretching, some foam rolling, um, I think an Epsom salt bath could be really appropriate, uh, within that vein as well. Mm-hmm. And then kind of along that vein is almost contra in the contrary, like we're constricting, but compression garments, um, mm-hmm. these have been really popular. We see now a lot of like NFL players wearing them, um, NBA players. Um, this has become more and more popular because we are seeing that compression garments can actually speed up recovery from exercise. Um, it can lower the muscle injury because it kind of creates an additional structural support, if you will. Um, there was a study that looked at athletes that wore compression garments for 24 hours and then alternated between 12 hour breaks and 12 hour periods of wearing them. And they saw better outcomes in the population that used the compression garments as opposed to those that did not. There's a really cute brand called Comrade that I discovered while I was pregnant because okay. I was wearing compression socks yeah. sometimes around the house during that time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Think uh, that works. There, there's cuter ones out there than just the, the standard. Um, and then water um, therapy could be appropriate as well. This is where like the cold plunging, I yes. think, um, comes in or more doing like contrast baths. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then you're getting that vasodilation and that constriction. Um, and that's going to support the blood vessel function. It's going to also aid in detoxifying or removing some of that excessive lactic acid buildup, which can interfere with the muscle or drive that soreness. Um, and we can see that we can get better muscle recovery when we use contrast water therapy. Um, along that vein, you might also incorporate Epsom salt bath. Um, that's something that I absolutely think of as far as the world of magnesium and also maybe more of an enjoyable warm soak. Um, but we do see equal important information from cryotherapy. And so exposing the body to an extreme cold temperature, like a plunge or like those cryotherapy, um, gyms, I guess, or chambers. Yes. Um, we have seen that that can be anti-inflammatory of course. Um, and so that could, especially after intensive strenuous activity that could reduce muscle tiredness and, uh, muscle pain as well. Okay. And then sauna would probably more be enjoyable. both of our preference, <laughs> more yes. enjoyable, right? <laughs> yeah. So sauna is lovely, especially if it's infrared. So infrared light actually can benefit recovery and performance. Um, we know that that can in itself reduce inflammation and that this can actually penetrate the joints and the muscles and the tissue from the inside out with that infrared beam. So you're getting better circulation and blood flow and you're not just sweating from the outside in like you would from a steam sauna or like a hot 
cold sauna. But upregulating circulation is really critical for proper healing because our red blood cells carry oxygen and nutrients along with them. Um, and so when we get better blood flow, this will go to the site of the inflammation or the strain in the tissue. And this is going to help to drive that repair process. We've actually seen a study done by the Journal of Athletic Enhancement, and they looked at power athletes and they found that far infrared improves neuromuscular performance during intensive training associated with increased testosterone and cortisol ratio. And they saw that the use of the sauna could improve recovery and equally enable harder training and accelerate their athletic development. Love it. Um, and we've also seen that near infrared can potentially even build muscle mass, mass uh, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. We uh, talked about in that cardiovascular ex, uh, episode recently about how you can actually get a cardiovascular exercise in the sauna. So I love that kind of like two for one where you can actually get gains, not just recovery. Um, and so we just got my sauna put in my household. I use the sunlight and signature Two. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. You can use my code Allie Miller RD and save $600 on a sunlight and sauna. I like the uh, signature model because it has the lowest amount of EMF. So I always think of kind of simple, not always the new kid on the block with all the bells and the whistles and the lights. Um, but they have a bunch of different options and very educated staff. So you can go check that out at Sunlight and Saunas. Yes. We were just joking about how we could figure out how to like podcast from your in sauna. There. So yeah. maybe in a few episodes, we'll be coming to you from the sauna. Yes. <laughs> we'll see. Um, and then finally, um, breath work to regulate your cortisol is really key. And this is something that you don't want to like skip that cool down, right? Yes. You don't want to go straight from like huffing it at the gym or doing sprints to like jumping in your car and going on to the next thing. You need to take a minute to really regulate and get back into parasympathetic mode. So, so important. And we even see this also with elite athletes having a huge influence. Cortisol is going to be released during exercise because you're stressing the body and high cortisol can actually interfere with muscle recovery. So, you know, we see these hormones categorized cortisol itself is more of a catabolic hormone. And then remember also it can drive, um, glucose release. So you can get both a blood sugar spike and muscle breakdown. Um, so this will inhibit muscle growth, um, and it can break down the molecules that reduce that release, excuse me, energy. Um, so it can kind of burn you out over time. Um, we definitely want to work more of like that four, seven, eight breath, or maybe box breathing, doing that stretching and finding your heart rate to come back down to, like you said, parasympathetic safe so that the body knows that the rest of the day, it's not hiding or running from a cheetah. Um, so this is also consideration. If you especially know that you are a workout adrenaline junkie, like someone who's a personal trainer listening to this or doing spin classes or really like wants that high from the exercise they should probably ensure that they're also taking adaptogen boost. Um, this is going to ensure that the adrenals have compounds like rhodiola, panax ginseng, and cordyceps to actually tonify the adrenals to not be as reactive to the stress. So you won't actually put out as much cortisol in the first place, and it'll help your body to regulate that cortisol metabolism um, without having also that crash and burn. You'll have better stamina we've seen with some of these herbs. And so this could actually enhance your athletic performance as well as cognitive cognition and get you back to that grounded mental balanced state. Yeah, totally. So that could be a good pre-workout, especially if you 
are holding the coffee. Um, yes. I think doing like two of the adaptogen boosts before a workout could be fabulous. Yes. Um, and that's probably what I do most days just because I take two of those in the morning and then like yep. a bio C plus right away with that as well yes. um, to further support that cortisol metabolism also. And if you're feeling jittery, then yeah, I think, I think bio C plus is essential and that gives you also that antioxidant boost to offset the oxidative stress, et cetera. Um, but if you're feeling jittery, um, still post-workout or throughout the day, you might even then need to consider calm and clear if you are someone that spikes adrenaline, um, because those nervines, um, combined with adaptogens and B vitamins and amino acids like the L-theanine will help to get that body back into that parasympathetic safe space. So maybe if you're someone like me, I would still take calm and clear pre-workout sure. <laughs> because I run on adrenaline. Um, but maybe if you're kind of in the midway point, maybe you just take that calm and clear post-workout sure. to kind yeah, of yeah. harness and get you back on track. Love it. All right. Um, and then, um, adrenal support, I think also could be considered for those who kind of resonate with, um, being an adrenaline junkie or, yeah. um, maybe those who have kind of like burned out from over exercising yes. potentially when they're in that valley yeah. and, and, or if they had history or are currently using stimulants like Adderall, um, or they're relying on that fourth cup of coffee. Those are the people that probably organically are adrenally insufficient. And so they actually need that glandular to get back into that optimal thrive mode. Yep. Um, and for those individuals too, we might want to reconsider the type of exercising that we are doing. Yes. Um, we did a whole podcast on, are you over exercising where we talked about, you know, our favorite types of exercise, um, and you know, why you might not want to be going to back to back to back spin classes or doing two a days. And eventually that's going to catch up and, and kind of burn you out further. Yes. Absolutely. Love it. So hopefully today's episode gave you some food for thought in the world of how you're prioritizing your protein. If you want to consider carbohydrates post-workout and what that could look like, and then some supplement and additional food as medicine support to aid in enhancing your exercise recovery, your performance, and getting you those gains that you're working your butt off for at the gym. Uh, We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If always you do, please leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening with a sentence or two of what you're loving about the Naturally Nourished podcast. And go on over to AllieMillerRD.com to check out the supplements discussed. Maybe that strength and performance bundle, or at least ensuring that you have that naturally nourished grass-fed way and multi-defense as minimum foundations for optimal wellness. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Becky at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.